Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. All right, so let's get into the book of John. Um, we're going to start off in John chapter 5 with a message titled, Walking Papers. How many ready to get their walking papers today? Two of you? Amen. I'll work with those two. I'll work with those two. The rest of you can sit and watch. See, because I believe some of you today, you're going to get these walking papers, man. Somebody's going to get it today. You're going to receive a revelation from God today. I believe that, you know, you, you, you're going to say, man, I'm gonna, if I'm going to walk in God's perfect will, I'm going to have to take these walking papers from the Lord, and I'm going to have to start walking it out. Amen? Sitting in, 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 the, in the church doesn't make you a Christian. Sitting here is not going to do anything for you if you're not taking this thing and walking it out. Amen? Sunday Christians are like the priest and the Levite that walked right by the, the man that was beat up, walked right by him and didn't do nothing. That, that, that's a Sunday Christian. Amen? They're, they're too busy in their ministry. They're too busy doing what they think is supposed to be done to stop and help. It's time that we get out the box. Amen? Young people get working papers so they can start working. Right? Well, fam, we're going to get our walking papers so that we can start walking. And by walking, I mean walking in authority, walking in peace, walking in love, walking in a way that others can follow, walking in a way that others would want to follow. Amen? I mean, nobody want to follow somebody that look lost. A amen? Anybody see that bumper sticker on people's cars, don't follow me, I'm lost too? Some of you should take the fish off the car and put that. Come on. You, you understand? We got to be walking so that people can follow. Walking in a way that people want to follow. If, if you're one of those Christians that are always walking around, oh boy, the devil beat me up. The devil had it with me this week. The devil running me down. The devil, come on, who want to follow you? Amen? And it's not to be a hypocrite and say, no, I'm walking in power. Como está, hermano? En victoria, hermano, gloria. No, but it's saying, man, I'm walking through this thing. God is with me, and God is taking me out of bigger messes than this. He's going to get me out of this one too, amen? Yeah. Yeah, it's time for us. To, if we're called to be a light and to shine, we need to shine so that those around us will no longer be lost. I mean, like, if we would really catch this today, this would, like, it, we wouldn't fit in this building. If we would catch this, really, if, 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 if a third of you would catch this today, we wouldn't fit in the building. Because if we would walk in such a way that the lost around us would no longer be lost, amazing, amazing, amen? Then, then you'd have little bumper stickers that say, follow me to Jesus, follow me to Christ, follow me to the sanctuary fellowship, amen? <laughs> and we, somebody work on that, we need to get that. I like that. Amen. I mean, is somebody starting to get this? Is anybody tired of walking aimlessly? Is anybody tired of, of finding yourself in the same place year after year after year? Anybody get depressed around New Year's because you realize you're in the same place you were last time? Right? So that's why people hate New Year's. Because New Year's comes and you're like, man, man, last New Year I said I was going to be 30 pounds lighter and here I am 60 pounds heavier. Man, last New Year, I said I was going to stop smoking, and now I'm up to two packs a day. Last year, I said I was going to, and now this, last year, I said I was going to, and now, right, it gets a de depressing time, right? Aren't anybody tired of just being in the same place year after year after year? Amen, and you're in the right place today. Are we ready to walk in the light? Are, are, are you anybody tired of it taking 38 years to make an 11-day trip? Are you done walking in the wilderness? Anybody tired of the desert? 
Are you ready to walk in the light? Are you done hiding? Are you done playing? Are we done tearing other people down to make us feel better? Are we done hopping from church to church, avoiding accountability, avoiding commitment? Amen? Are you done changing gang colors depending on who you're with? Amen? See, we talk about being in a spiritual battle, but what I see too often is soldiers that hate the enemy when they're around other soldiers, but they change uniforms and, and play with the enemy the rest of the week. Do I need to say that again? See, we talk about being in a spiritual battle. Now it's not like I'm rapping, right? Don't put pressure on me. It's not going to rhyme. But we talk about being in a spiritual battle, but what I see all too often are soldiers that hate the enemy when they're around other soldiers. Those are my, my domingueros, my Sunday Christians. But, but they change uniforms later on the rest of the week depending on who they're with. Say, so you can't call him your enemy on Sunday and then keep playing with him the rest of the week. In your music and in your movies and in your TV shows and in the things that got you hooked and addicted. Amen? Anybody tired of just, just playing this game? Your friends don't come to church because they say your church is full of hypocrites. How many heard that one? It's usually the hypocrites that say that. <laughs> it's usually the hypocrites that say, I don't want to go to church because they're a bunch of hypocrites. Shut up, you're a hypocrite. You don't want to go to church because you're not man enough to stand and wear one color the rest of the week. Amen? Forget that. Wear, the, wear one color the rest of the week and be a soldier. Amen? I would put this on, but I don't want to, you know, get a little too gangster for some of you. Listen, the lukewarm church is weak. And, and, and we can't, there's no room for that here, amen? There's no room for that here. I'd rather it get smaller and stronger than bigger and weaker. Amen? Much, man, you know what we can do with just, I, I, I've seen, man, I've seen what, what, what a bunch of just serious heads can do. We saw it at a wedding this weekend, didn't we? Amen? Congratulations. We love you. Danny and Daisy. Does anybody, is anybody just ready to walk in the will of God? Amen? See, I'm tired of meeting, check this out. I'm tired of meeting people in church. Oh, how you doing? Oh, pastor, good to meet you. I had a great time. And then meeting the real them on their Facebook. How you doing? Nice to meet you, pastor. Oh, yeah, boy, well, praise the Lord. I've been... On their Facebook, then on their MySpace, then on their Twitter, right? <laughs> Amen? We got all these social networks, and, and I don't know what it is about people. Like, they think that it's, it's private somehow. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. Like, do people really, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, I don't get it. You know, the church has a MySpace, and I got a Facebook, and, and I do it not because I need to tweet or Twitter or tweet or whatever, or follow people around. I really don't have the time. I don't know how people have the time to do that. But I do it because I want to be. The Word says we need to be light where there's darkness. And so I need to be there. Amen? But, but, but I don't understand how people think they could be one way and then twit a different way and then MySpace a different and book a different way. I, I, don't, I don't understand, right? Because it's there for everybody to see. Amen? So we need to get our warrior on and keep our warrior on all or everywhere. Everywhere. Amen? Come on, you know I, I missed the week. You know I wasn't going to come back weak. All right, chapter 5. Let's get into chapter 5. Let's get into the Word of God. Chapter 5 starts with a very interesting and yet a very depressing scene. It's a, it's a really kind of sad, sad picture. Let me try to describe it to you. The place was called the Pool of Bethesda. If you're reading in John chapter 5, the place is called the Pool of Bethesda. It was a body of water. I need you to get this picture. <coughs> it was a body of water 
just off of the sheep gate, surrounded by five porches, and it was a place where all the sick would gather and wait. Now listen, this past weekend I spent a lot of hours in emergency rooms, and I thank you for those that prayed for us. Family, we had a medical emergency this past weekend, and that's why I wasn't here last weekend. Thank you for those that prayed. But um, I, I spent a lot of hours in an emergency room, and I couldn't help but to get the picture of a place where all the sick gather and wait. The Amplified Bible says it this way. In, in ch chapter 5, starting in 3, it says, in, in this place lay a great number of sick folk, some blind, some crippled, and some paralyzed, meaning shriveled up. Some blind, they couldn't see. Some crippled, they couldn't walk. And some paralyzed, they couldn't move. That sound like any people today. And they were all waiting. So you get the picture, they were all waiting. It says they were waiting for the bubbling up of the water. Now this, might, this is not in your NIV or in some, some versions, but if you find it in the King James, it says verse 4 it says for an angel of the Lord went down at appointed seasons into the pool and he moved or stirred up the water and then whoever then first got into the water after the stirring was cured of whatever disease they had okay so you, you, you get the picture right there's a pool next to the sheep gate and the sheep gate, that's where the sheep were taken into the temple. So sheep had to come in through there to be sacrificed in the temple. There's a picture there. You've got to catch that. So, and, and there's five porches. And all these broken people are gathered around these five porches. They're laying on blankets. They're waiting for the appointed time. They're trusting that it would come soon. They're believing that it would happen today. They're hoping that they could be the one that made it into the water first. And the word says in verse 5 that there was a certain man there who had suffered with a deep-seated and lingering disorder for 38 years. Somebody say, that's a long time. Family, before Jesus walked into some of our lives, some of us were blind. We couldn't see no better. Some of us were crippled. We couldn't walk it out. And some of us were paralyzed. We just couldn't get anywhere. Amen? Anybody testify to that? I mean, what a picture of the world today. The world says misery loves company, right? Broken people attract broken people. Isn't that right? Now, can you even start to imagine what this was like? Everyone there wants to be the first in the water. Everyone there is waiting, is staring at the water and waiting for the water to be stirred up because as soon as the water gets stirred up, the first one in gets healed. Isn't that an incredible picture? Everyone there is waiting. Can you imagine? I would imagine that at first, you know, um, you would come and be real excited and come with expectation thinking, today's the day I get my healing. Today, I'm getting in the water first. Today, my eyes are going to be open. Today, I'm going to be able to walk. Today, my arms are going to unshrivel. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be delivered today. Amen? I would imagine, you know, that, 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 that thinking people would bring their family members and friends and, and those people would wait with them, right? Because imagine if you're crippled, you, you can't get there on your own, Right? So, so I would imagine people would bring their family members, bring their friends, and they would, they would wait with them and, and, and just wait and watch and watch because some couldn't see, some couldn't walk, and some couldn't move at all. But I could also imagine that after some time, you would just get tired of waiting. Right? Anybody been tired of waiting? After some time, you just lose hope. Your friend might stop waiting there with you. Your family might just kind of give up coming with you and waiting to throw you in the water after it's stirred. After some time, you might make yourself comfortable with the miserable. Church, I think for too long we've made ourselves comfortable with the miserable. 
It's so important who we make ourselves comfortable with, isn't it? Isn't it important who we surround ourselves with? Who we keep, uh, keep around us? See, when all you do is hang out with the blind, then you start pretending you don't see certain things. Go ahead. Give me, give me, give me, give me more. When all you do is surround yourself with the crippled, you learn to just stay where you are. Nobody's pressing you on. You're not actually doing much. Amen? When all you do is sit around with the spiritually paralyzed, you won't find yourself doing anything. You'll stay right where you are. This is fine. It's all right. You start saying things like, ah, it's never going to happen to me anyway. It's always, you know, it always ha happens to somebody else. I'm never going to be the first one in that water. Good things happen to other people. See, the spiritually blind can't see what God is doing. The spiritually handicapped are unaware that God is even moving. But this one day, it says Jesus comes to the pool of Bethesda. I mean, you know, when Jesus comes, things change. Jesus comes to the pool of Bethesda. And, and, and get this picture, healing is walking around them and nobody even recognizes him. Salvation is, is right there in their midst and nobody even sees them. He's walking around them and they're all staring at the water. Healing is right here and they're looking at the water. It's such a picture of the world today, hurting, broken people, and God is among us. He's made His grace available to us through His Son. The Holy Spirit of God is among us, but the world is still staring at the water, waiting for an angel to move it. God is reaching out to people, and people are still looking off somewhere else. Jesus came that we would be reconciled to God. The broken, the sick, the hurting. But we're still looking at the water for an angel. We're watching horoscopes for directions. We're looking at tarot cards for answers. We're calling psychic hotlines for, to, to get revelations. We're looking at the water and Jesus is right there walking around among them. All we have to do is reach out and ask. All we have to do is take a hold of the hand that's extended. But we're, we're still dialing, you know, 1 to 900, whatever to hear from Cleo. Cleo was an 80s thing. If you don't catch that, you could ask somebody. Jesus came that we would be reconciled. So these people, they're, they're up to their necks in man-made religion, searching for, for healing that's walking around the pool of Bethesda today. The world, isn't the world hurting? You hear, I mean, there's, there's, different, there's different classes, right? There's, there's, there's the class that, that they ain't got no money, they ain't got nothing, all they got is their culture, and so they're going to kill a chicken to get good luck. Come on, don't pretend you don't know about that. They're going to wear the color. They're going to wear the beads. They're going to wear white for a year, and God's going to put blessing on them. They're going to shave their heads for a year, and God's going to put blessing on them. And then, and then there's those that have all, they have everything in the world. They still got no peace. They still got no love, no joy. And so what do they do? They get into things like Scientology. They get into things like, I mean, well, yeah, God came on an alien ship, and, and he's coming back, and so we need to buy $100,000 security. I mean, man-made craziness amen it's not nobody's like protected from it every class and from every nationality every culture we have our man-made religions we're looking at the water and jesus is right there walking let's look at the symbolism here bethesda means house of mercy so jesus comes this day to the house of mercy watch this the pool of bethesda was by the sheep gate People walked their sheep through the gate to get to the temple where their sheep would be the sacrifice for their sins. Oh, you got you to gotta get this. Jesus is the sacrifice. He's the lamb that takes away the sins of the world. So Jesus is there, there by the sheep gate. He, he's, there, he's the lamb that takes away. There's five porches. Five in the word of God is the number of favor and grace. 
We know this because with five loaves, Jesus fed the multitude. The fifth command, commandment is the only one with a promise. I mean, five means favor and grace. There's five porches there. There's a body of water. The body of water is the Holy Spirit. It's the, the body of water stirred up. That's the Spirit of God. There's a man that has been in this condition for 38 years. Deuteronomy tells us that it took 38 years for the generation of fighting men who were delivered out of, uh, out of Egypt to be killed off because of their disobedience and their lack of, of trust in God. You see the, the, the picture there? So th there's all these five porches by the sheep gate, by a body of water in a place called the house of mercy. And for 38 years, see, it's a picture of God's people trusting in everything but God and Jesus coming to pay the price. Every story Jesus tells is about the gospel. I mean, when, when you start reading the word that way, it's like it gets, it gets Da Vinci Codish to you because it's unbelievable what the word comes out. We don't have to make stuff up like the movies. You, you just read the word and every story just tells the gospel. So this story gives us the gospel. That's why Zechariah 13.1, speaking of Jesus, says, He is the true Bethesda, or the house of mercy. He's the fountain opened for the house of David to the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness, unto which all the diseased may come and find health and life eternal. Amen? Let's finish the story. So when Jesus notices him lying there, helpless, the, the word says in, in verse 6, When Jesus noticed him lying there, knowing that he had already been in a long time in that condition. I love that verse because it says Jesus knows how long we've been waiting. Oh, did you, did you catch that? Would you tell somebody he knows? He knows how long you've been waiting. We say, God don't know. God forgot about me. God don't got my number. No, God said, I know the hairs on your head. Some of you have made that very easy. But I know the hairs on your head. So it says he knows. He says to him, do you want to become well? Oh, that's a serious question, isn't it? It's, it's like we can look at it and say, are you being sarcastic? Like, you know, why, why are you playing me like this? I'm here. You, you understand? I'm here waiting for that water. I'm here. Of course I want to be made well. But you see, I, I, I could imagine that, you know, sometimes people, Jesus asks this question because sometimes people give up on being well. We get comfortable with the miserable. We get comfortable in our situations, don't we? We've already accepted the way things are. Some people have even stopped wanting to change. Anybody here? Am I talking to anybody today? Verse 7, the invalid said, Sir, I have nobody when the water is moving to put me into the pool. And so even while I'm trying to come myself, somebody else steps ahead of me. Do you see this picture? Can you imagine the despair? Can you imagine that, that this man is lying on his bedroll and the water starts stirring, but he's got nobody to put him in? And so little by little, he starts dragging himself to the water and dragging himself. But by the time he gets there, somebody, 10 people are already in. And so Jesus says, do you want to be made well? And he says, but I have nobody. I have no one to put me in. Now Jesus asked, do you want to become well? The man replies, I have nobody. It, Jesus wasn't asking if he, if he had anybody, was he? That wasn't the question. See, sometimes God asks us a question and we just give him an excuse. That wasn't the question, was it? He says, you, you want to become well. He said, I got nobody. Every time I try, somebody beats me to it. Somebody else always gets in. This man has been trusting in man for his own efforts for 38 years. Does that sound like anybody you know? Sound like any of us? Thank you for your honesty. Jesus wasn't asking for reasons. He wasn't asking if he wanted help to get into the pool. He, he didn't say, he, he didn't want reasons why he hasn't gotten into the pool yet. Jesus wasn't even talking about the pool. He said, do you want to become well? In verse 8, Jesus says to him, get up, 
such power in those words, ain't it? Get up. Pick up your mat and walk. Instantly, verse 9, the man became well and recovered his strength, picked up his bed and walked. Instantly. Say instantly. Now let's look at the process. Jesus comes to the man. The word comes to us. The man hears the word and explains how he's powerless. So many of us hear the word and make excuses. This man is made whole. Instantly, he becomes well. When, see, when we turn from trusting in man and put our trust in God, we're instantly reconciled to God, the word says. Do you know that you can be instantly made well today? I mean, uh, you got to really, really grasp this. Wake somebody up next to you. You can be instantly made well today. Instantly. Well, what does Jesus care about? That we're reconciled to God. That's why he came. Yes, does he care about our physical? Yes. Yes, does he heal our physical? Yes. Yes, can he, can he, yes, make legs grow, make, yes, 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 and yes. But instantly we can be reconciled to God today. No matter who you are, no matter where you are today, no matter what you did before you walked in, no matter what you've been thinking about, even as I'm sharing this, instantly you can be made well today. Amen? So the man gets instruction. Look at this, look at this. The man gets instruction, and then he does what it says. That's where we blow it. The man, the man gets instruction and then he does what it says. Church, if we would just get our walking papers from the word today and just do what they say, we'd walk in power and authority everywhere we go. The word says we go from glory to glory to glory to glory. Amen? Would, would we never have a problem? No. Would we, would we never um, be poor? Would we never have... The, no, no. That's for weak people. We got to go through things to build ourselves up. Amen? We got to go through things to be strong. Does it mean God left you? Does it mean God doesn't love you? Does it mean God doesn't hear you? No, Jesus knows how long you've been waiting. Sometimes we wait because we got to grow up. Sometimes we wait because we're disobedient. Sometimes we wait because we're trusting on something else. Sometimes we wait for our own fault. Sometimes we wait for, I mean, there's a lot of reasons, you understand? But, but, but there's also a reason sometimes God has you waiting to mature you. How many of you know that you can't handle what he gave you? What, what, what some of you have been given today, a gift, a, a, the, the, way, the way your life is, you wouldn't have been able to handle it five years ago. Amen? You wouldn't have been able to handle it. God, if God had given some of you a voice to, to worship, you would have been singing in American Idol. You would have been singing someplace else all about, about, about let me sex you up and sex in the club and all that with the voice. God couldn't release that on you. He had to wait till you was tested. He had to wait till you, till you decided, till you gave up this color and that color. He had to wait till you only wore one color. Amen? And then when he knows that all you bleed is him, then that gift is released. Then that wellness is released. Then that authority is released. Then that power, that anointing is released. God don't want his anointing perverted. There's enough of that going on. Amen? Woo! It's such an awesome picture of the gospel. Jesus is saying, you were unable to walk into the water. I came for you. You couldn't walk in order to be cured. But now that you are made whole, take up your stuff and walk. Some of us need to take up our stuff and walk. I, I, I thought about this. I said, why, why was it important that he said, take up your stuff and walk? Why did he want him? I think there's a lot of reasons. We won't get into the whole, you know, break down the whole uh, the theological. There's a bunch of different reasons. But, but I think just a real common sense reason. I, want, I, I think God wanted him to be recognized with his stuff. Because for 38 years, this dude's been sleeping on this bed. For 38 years, they know him. That's the man with the mat. People pass by the man with the mat. How you doing, brother? 
people, people know the man with the mat and they know that he couldn't walk. So if they see this man just walking around now, they wouldn't think that that's the man with the mat. But if they see the man with the mat walking around, they say, you're the man with the mat and you're walking. What happened? And you say, Jesus touched me. Jesus touched me. Are you sure you're the man with the mat? Look at my mat. Yes, it's me. Look at me. Jesus said, take up your mat and walk. It's such an awesome picture of the gospel. The blind, the crippled, the paralyzed are all around us. Listen, waiting. Waiting for the waters to be stirred so they can get cleansed. Too many, too many want to do it on their own. We want to get cleansed on our own. We want to make our, ourselves well. We want to, you know, do the right thing on our own. We're waiting, miserable in the company of the miserable. The word says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died. Christ died not for the people that get it all together, for the people that come correct to church, for the people that, that stop this before they get here, for the people that clean up their language before they come to church, for the people that know how to put on a fake suit to come to church, for the people that know how to put on a fake hypocritical persona when they come to church. But no, it says for the ungodly. Any ungodly? Do we know any ungodly people? Come on, some of you was ungodly. Let's go. Christ died for the ungodly because while we were unable to earn it for ourselves then listen you can't make it to the water on your own that's the beauty of this story you can't make it to the water on your own some of you can't walk some of you paralyzed in fear some of you blind you wouldn't know where the water was if somebody told you you can't make it to the water Christ said I died for you so that you can be cleansed, so that you can be whole. While when, when we can't make it to the water on time, the word came to us. The word says, because of what I did, you can get up, take your stuff, and walk. Listen to me real quick. If you need to be reconciled to God today, I want you to know that even though you may think you came today to come to God, I need you to know you're here today because God came to you. I'm going to ask you to respond today. Would you stand right where you are? You're saying, God, you, you brought me here today so that I would be reconciled to you. Would you just stand right where you are? Especially if you've never been reconciled to God. You didn't call yourself a Christian. You have a hundred bandanas that you wear all during the week. God is telling, today God wants to take your bandanas away. God wants you to take your colors. The only color that matters is the blood. And it's not the bloods, it's the blood. The blood, one blood, because there's only one blood. Listen, family, if you're tired of trying to make things happen on your own, if you're tired of depending on other people for your help, then you're, if you're saying, God, I'm, I'm tired of trusting my horoscope, I'm tired of trusting in tarot cards, I'm tired of trusting and paying my psychic, I'm tired of even trusting in religion, I'm tired of trusting all kinds of religion and religious things to make me better. You're saying today, I need God. Would you stand with those that are standing? I need God. I just, God, I just need you. I don't need to join this church. I don't need to be part of it. I need you, God. I need you. Would you just stand with those that are standing? Let me finish the story because it's really sad while, 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 while you're standing. Watch this. The sad part, the word says that this event happened on the Sabbath. And so in verse 10 it says, So the Jews kept saying to the man who had been healed, It's the Sabbath, you have no right to pick up your bed, it's not lawful. And he answered them, The man who healed me gave me back my strength. He himself said to me, Pick up my bed and walk. And they replied, Who is this man? Listen, this man had been lame for 38 years and here he's walking around for the first time with no help carrying his own bed and the church stops him. And it doesn't matter that he's walking. It doesn't matter that he's been healed. All they have to say is, who told you you can do this? That's not how we do things around here. Church, listen one thing we get criticized at the sanctuary a lot for so take this 
Walking in the freedom of Christ will always bring criticism from the religious. <laughs> oh, man. You got to know you want this thing. You got to know that it's God talking to you. You got to know that you're not being brainwashed by some cult. You got to know that Jesus says, it is for freedom Christ set us free. Because watch this, the walking of the righteous always spurs the talking of the religious. Christ was not ignorant when he did what he did. He knew full well that <coughs> there would be consequences should this healed man carry his bed on the Sabbath. But he had come here to set the people free from the shackles of religion. And so he had to do it the way he sought to do it. Amen? I'm just happy to be in a place where the clay doesn't tell the potter how to shape it. Lastly, look, and this is important. Those of you that are standing, listen, listen to this. Verse 14. Afterward, when Jesus found him in the temple. Now, there's, there's, there's already something there. He said, take up your bed and walk. The man took up his bed and walked, but where did he go? Jesus found him at the temple. Catch that. It's not hidden. It's very plain. You don't need the Hebrew Greek to break it down to you. He said, take up your bed and walk. He's been healed. He took up his bed and walked. Jesus went and met him at the temple. It's like Jesus knew where he was going to go. Amen? When, when, when God delivers you, when God sets you free, when God reconciles you to him, and then you get your walking papers, it's not to walk away from the body of Christ. It's not to walk away and go to church to church. It's, 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 it's to walk and be in the temple and to be the temple. Amen? So, so watch this before you clap, because this ain't clapping. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple, and look what he says to him. I, I, I picture the man praying at the temple, excited. He ain't kneeling because he's happy. This is the first time he had his legs in 38 years, so I'm sure he's worshiping standing. Jesus whispers in his ear, listen, see, you're well. Now don't go back to a lifestyle of sin lest something worse happen to you. That's not my preaching. That's the word of God. See, grace covers over sin, but it doesn't excuse it. See, and so I need to make it really clear that yes, we are all about freedom. We're not about freedom to sin. We're not about freedom to do whatever the heck you want to do. Amen? We're about freedom. We're about breaking the shackles of religion. We're about doing things. I don't care how they've always been done. We're going to do them how God tells us to do them. Amen? I don't care how they do it in Arizona or how they do it in Willow Creek or how they do it. We're going to do it the way God calls us to do because we're here and we can hear the same God. Amen? We don't need to copy or be like anybody else. But Galatians says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And then it says, stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Sin is slavery. The word says sin is fun for a season. Amen? How many, have, have we tasted that? Sin is fun. The word, the word tells you. You don't have to, it's not. Sin is fun. Yeah, it's fun. For a season. But then, and, but then we just get the baggage. And then there's things we got to carry around. And how many of you have come to the place, you say, you know what? This ain't that much fun anymore. This ain't that much fun anymore. I used to think it was fun finding another, another woman to, to wash her mind and just have my way with her. I used to think it was fun to, to maybe stick a needle in my arm. I used to think it was fun to, to listen to this kind of this stuff and to watch this kind of stuff. And I used to think it was fun and it was fun, but now I'm, I'm done. I'm wasted. I'm finished. This ain't fun no more. Now, now, see, when you get to this point, you start to understand this, this sin as, as slavery. And, and it's amazing to me how so many people say, I don't want to come to church because I ain't going to be a slave to God. 
But you're a slave to sin. You're a slave to the needle. You're a slave to the, to the, to the, to the blunt. You're a, saved to, you're, you're a slave to that stuff. You're not free. You say, I'm free to do whatever. No, no, I'm free to do whatever I want to do. Me, me, those in the church, we're free. I'm free. I'm not shackled anymore. And whenever I fall and catch myself shackled, I speak freedom to that thing. And it comes off. Amen. I'm free. They're not free. So Jesus said, don't continue in your sin. Grace does not ignore the requirements of holiness. We still need to walk in holiness. Amen? And, 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 and get this. I know you, you look at our worship team. You look at me. I'm in jeans. Half our worship team is tatted up. And, and so what? <laughs> look, at, look at some of you got, got fitteds up in church. And so what? Some of you came in t-shirts and shorts. And so what? Amen? Holiness is not on the outside. Holiness is on the inside. I dare, I dare someone to challenge the holiness of some of this team. The team with the tats to the top. I dare you compare your holiness to them. <laughs> Gary, Gary, Pastor Gary, would you come, man? Come pray for these guys. Come pray for these. Come pray for these that are standing. Come on, G. First, we want to pray for what Pastor Judge George just spoke about, which is reconciling yourself to God, because there's something that stands in the way between you and God, and that's sin, and there's only one thing that removes it, and that's Jesus. Yes. So if you're saying today, I'm tired of doing things my way, I'm tired of everyone else getting ahead of me, I'm, I'm tired of all the failure, but I'm coming to God. I'm putting my trust in God. I'm not putting my trust anymore in man, in money, in my job, in my bank account, but my trust is fully on God. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer with me right now because Jesus is as near as your heart. There's nothing you have to do or perform because Christianity is all about Jesus. It's not about rituals. It's not about a place. It's about you and him. And we want to remove right now everything that stands between you and him, whether it's sin, doubt, unbelief, rebellion, whatever that is. If you'll pray this prayer and you mean it with your heart, there's nothing between you and God anymore. So if that's you today, just repeat after me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I repent of my sins. I, I turn from rebellion. I turn from doubt. And everything that stands between me and you, and I declare today, that I live for you and you alone in Jesus name amen you see you are washed clean if you just said that prayer and you meant it there's nothing between you and God maybe you came in today feeling dirty feeling that unworthy unholy it's washed away just receive that just receive right now. Just take a minute. Let the waters of heaven begin to wash your heart. Maybe you've messed up. Maybe even this week. Maybe you feel ashamed right now. It's going right now. All the shame. God is not ashamed of you. Just let, let all that thought, let it go. Father, just let, I, I just prophesy right now. I prophesy to the four winds of heaven. And I just ask, let the winds of refreshing, Lord God, begin to blow away, Lord God, all that shame. 
all the hurt, everything, Lord God, that holds back your people. And, let my and Father, I just thank you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for, for all those who stand before you today. Just lift up your hands because the Bible says lift up holy hands. Do you know that you're lifting up holy hands where you're saying, but I socked somebody in the mouth. I stole with these hands. And God says these hands are holy today because you just released all the sin, all the hurt, all the failure. You gave it back to him. Father, I thank you, Lord God. I decree over you right now that your hands are holy your hands are holy. Your hands are pure. You are a pure man of God. You are a holy woman of God. And the Bible says that God has taken your mouth and made it clean so that you can praise him, so that you can speak his word. Maybe you've cursed a lot of people. Maybe you've torn down people. Maybe you've abused people with your mouth. But right now, Right now, because you said that prayer, your mouth is clean. I decree you clean right now. See, this man, he was stuck on that mat for many years, year after year. And everyone got in ahead of him. Well, we're believing today that right here at this altar, that you're going to have a new season in your life. I don't care how long you've been waiting. Maybe you've been waiting to get married and everyone else gets married before you, even though you catch the flowers in every wedding. Maybe you're waiting for the promotion and everyone's promoted ahead of you. Maybe you're waiting for healing in your marriage and all the other marriages are doing good and yours keep getting worse. And you're waiting for some man to come and help you. I've been, I've been a Christian a long time. There's no man going to help you. I, I testify. We're having a testimony right now, and I testify. No man ever came to help me. But every time, at the last minute, God always has showed up. I testify that he is a good God and he's going to do the same thing for you. But it's going to take something. You're going to have to pick up your mat and walk. The mat symbolizes everything that you're comfortable with. Everything that you've been putting your life on. Everything you put your hope on. You better leave it at this altar. If that's if that's you right now, right now, I want you to come up here, take that come mat on, and come lay on. it down Let's go. right Let's now. Go. Come on, come, come on. on, come on now. Come on. I'm Let's taking go. my mat right now. I yeah. leave it here. Yeah. yeah. There's many more of you who have been waiting on, on God. On. You've been waiting for the financial breakthrough. You've been waiting for healing in your body. As a sign of faith between you and God right now, I call you forth. Nobody's looking at you. I'm the first one. I got too many things that I'm comfortable with. I put it down at the altar right now. And I'm going to ask right now for the worship team for the... When we're not going to worship, I'm going to call forth the worship team, the prophetic team, the... The church leaders, I, I just want to agree with every one of these people. We're going to stand in agreement with you, whatever it is, if you need healing in your body. I believe the angels stirring the waters right here. Because Psalm 91, it says angels encamp around and about those who believe. And Jesus said, come to the waters, come to the waters. So right here, right now, in the presence of God, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm, I just release right now the prayer team, the the worship team, the prophetic team, just to go to each person and agree that the mat is being laid here, and that I decree a new season.
I, I release right now in Jesus' name answered prayers, healing in your body, healed relationships. I keep hearing some of you women going to be happy. I keep hearing the Lord saying that some of you have been waiting to get married, and God is going to answer your prayer. But you got to get out of that comfortable place of saying nothing's ever going to happen, no one cares. Leave it here and go out of here today with new hope, with fire in your belly. So let's, let's just begin to pray right now. Let's pray for the people of God. Supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. us.